I'm ready to bet that some of you listeners out there have a hustle. And if you're ready to make that side hustle your main hustle, the way to do that is with the all-in-one marketing platform from MailChimp. It has everything you need all in one place to give your new business the strongest start with the right marketing. Jumpstart your business with easy-to-use tools like the number one email marketing solution, website builder, and social post scheduler. Learn more about the all-in-one marketing platform at MailChimp.com. Okay, you have to watch this next story. Chilling video from inside a children's room in one DeSoto County home. Voices, taunts, even music coming from the family's newly installed security camera. WMC Action News 5's Jessica Holly joins us live in studio with the hair-raising video. Jessica? It certainly is. The ring camera was only up in the girls' room for four days before the family says... The TV reporter you just heard is Jessica Holly. Earlier this month, she got in touch with a mother who'd just gone through a harrowing experience involving her eight-year-old daughter, a hacker, and an indoor camera. The mom ended up sending her the video. When the footage was sent to me initially, uh, I had chills, instant chills. I am um, an expecting mother, and so I'm actually in the process of searching for the best baby monitor to put into my nursery. So seeing this video instantly raised hair on my arm and I had nightmares. The video comes from a Ring camera, the company owned by Amazon that's best known for doorbell security. The mom had installed one of those cameras in her daughter's room. The camera is placed to the right of her bedroom door, and there are three single beds in there, each with just an explosion of girl in this in this room, from dollhouses to Barbies, anything a little girl would ever want to play with, you could find in this bedroom. That room is shared between three little girls between the ages of two and eight. Eight is Alyssa, the one you actually see in the video. Can you walk us through the what exactly the video shows from start to finish? So the video starts off, it's dark. You can see that it's black and white and the night mode. And it's starting to play the song Tiptoe Through the Tulips. And the song is actually playing through the camera. That song is actually what caught Alyssa's attention, hearing it, thinking it was one of her sisters playing with a toy. Tiptoe Through the Tulips, that that song is pretty famous, right? My understanding and um, connection to Tiptoe Through the Tulips is through a horror movie that it was recently used in, um, Insidious. Okay, so what happens when Alyssa goes into her room? She starts looking around and you can see that she's confused where this noise is coming from. She picks up uh, a toy. You can see her walking to one of her sister's beds, looking around, going, where is this music coming from? And eventually... Hello there. The man who is who is hacked into the account starts interacting with Alyssa. We hear him use racial slurs, calling Alyssa the N-word. No, no. I can't hear you. Go tell mommy you're a n- Come on, girl, say it with me. You're a n- Just to clarify, um, Alyssa is white, correct? That is correct. Who is that? I'm your best friend. You can do whatever you want right now. You can mess up your room. You can break your TV. You can do whatever you want. And Alyssa does none of that. She's just continuing to search for this mysterious voice that is being broadcasted into her bedroom. Who is that? 
I'm your best friend. I'm Santa Claus. So what happens at the end of the video? How did this whole hacking episode conclude? So the video ends with Alyssa crying out for her mom and walking out of the room. The other videos then subsequently show her dad walking into the room saying, you need to stop this. I have your IP address. So the mom, her name is Ashley LeMay, right? When did she learn what happened? Ashley was pulling into the driveway when she received a text message from her husband asking if she was messing with the children. And she said no. So immediately she receives this alert from the ring camera and starts watching the video. She didn't even get to the very end of the video, but to hear that song and to see the conversation that this mysterious voice was having with her eight-year-old daughter, she said had her heart racing and she ran inside to console her daughter and see what was going on. Alyssa was aware of this camera in her bedroom, right? I asked all three girls, even the two-year-old, did you know mom and dad put this camera in your room? And they all said yes. I said, did you like it or did you think that they were spying on you? And Alyssa's response was, I really liked it. I was able to feel like I was closer to my mom because I knew she could keep an eye on me while she was at work. And she would tell me, good night, I love you, before I went to bed. What do we know exactly about what happened with this camera? Ashley and her husband's email addresses and passwords were found on a site that cyber criminals compile. Mm. And with that list, they take it and start running it through a program until they get a hit. And that hit is a vulnerable camera. And that's part of the statement um, email that was sent out to Ring users over the weekend. They believe that this did not happen within the Ring account, but it was an off-site credential hack of some sort. What do you think of Ring's response to all of this? I thought it was interesting that the same statement was used over and over and over again. And it was immediately saying, it's not our fault. Did you check your password? Did you set up this added security level of the two-factor authentication? And I really thought that they were putting the blame on their customers for what happened to that. So, wait, this has happened before? Multiple people. Ashley says people who, who've had their accounts hacked have been reaching out to her saying that these hacks, hers happened on December 4th. And then subsequently the following week, several more hacks began happening. How has Ashley sort of reacted to the hacking? Has Ashley now disconnected the cameras? What's going on with her ring cameras? They are currently sitting on the counter. She has disconnected those cameras and doesn't even want to return them because she says no one should have these cameras in their home until security measures are corrected. I think devices like Ring are a way for people to feel like they have control over things that they don't really have control over. Ronnie Mola is a data reporter who's been covering the controversies around Ring for Recode. She told me the origin story behind the Ring cameras. And turns out the company was originally called Doorbot. It was a smart doorbell. The founder wanted a way to have your doorbell connected to your phone. A few years later, they rebranded. They made it look a lot sleeker. They also really started focusing on security, like the security element of it and protecting your home. So what was the initial pitch for this with DoorBot? Like, What was the idea if it wasn't security? It was just to have another device in your house connected to your phone. 
just another connected device that's meant to make your life a little easier and keep you a little more connected with the folks around you. That was the pitch that the founder of DoorBot initially came up with, and he even made that pitch on Shark Tank. Who's there? It's Jamie. Here to pitch. Shark Tank is a TV show where people pitch their company to entrepreneurs and try to see if they could get investment. Sharks. Wouldn't it have been nice to know who was behind the door before you let me in? With my product, you can. Introducing the DoorBot, the first ever video doorbell built for the smartphone. Think of it as caller ID for your front door. <laughs> he didn't end up getting any investment, but um, a few years down the line after the rebrand, Amazon starts investing in what is now called Ring. And then last year, Amazon is expanding its presence in the smart home market. The e-commerce giant announced yesterday it has officially closed the deal to buy the home security device company Ring. It's a reported $1 billion acquisition, making it one of Amazon's biggest purchases. Why would a company like Amazon buy Ring? One thing I think is particularly interesting is, you know, Amazon's main business is e-commerce. You buy something online, it ships it to your house, the one glitch in the system is like what happens between it getting to your door and it getting inside. Right. If your goods get stolen off of your porch, you can call Amazon. And, and in many cases, Amazon will say, OK, we'll just ship you another one. Right. They're usually really good about just sending you another one. But, you know, like that costs money. They have to reship it. They have to send you a whole new product. And they want people to be happy. OK, so where does Ring come in? Ring is kind of brilliant in a way because it's like, wait, we could have people buy this device from us. So first of all, we'll make money from this device. And then there's not only the device, but also you could get a subscription so that to store your data and keep track of the video, things like that. But also it protects our other business, which is the e-commerce business. Instead of people getting mad at Amazon, they are all of a sudden mad at whoever this guy is that they see on their porch. I mean, it's sort of like whoever takes the package, whoever takes the package. It, it deflects the, the blame. I mean, it, from like anonymous, no one to just, you know, your only recourse is Amazon to, hey, I'm going to call the cops on this person I saw, take my package. Um, so it it helps them protect their regular business, and they make money doing so. It's very elegant. So that's, that's an interesting way to put it. <laughs> the story we heard about the hacker in the family's home is obviously really concerning. It's... <laughs> incredibly worrisome. Um, but there are a ton of other issues and controversies that have surrounded Ring and how it's being used. What are some of the major ones? Okay. I was thinking about facial recognition. Um, okay. Amazon has another portion of its company called Recognition, which um, specializes in big data facial recognition. They try to sell, sell this to different government agencies. People seem to be very concerned that they're going to use that technology to bear on ring doorbell. You know, someone comes up to the doorbell, the face that's there gets put through a database, you call the cops or something like that. It, there's a lot of different scenarios. So they think that Amazon might one day merge those two right. businesses. And to be clear, ring does not currently work with recognition. But every time I ask ring, do you work with recognition? They say no. I say, will you ever work with recognition? And they don't respond. So Interesting. I think their their line on it is like, we have looked into facial recognition technology, but we're not currently doing anything with it. Okay. And which kind of leads to the other issue with Ring is its relationship with law enforcement. Ring has nearly 700 partnerships with police departments. These partnerships mean that police departments get access 
to Ring. And by access to Ring, I mean that they could see where generally people have Ring devices. So um, let's say a crime is committed at some house in some neighborhood. They could send out an email blast to all of the surrounding houses that have Ring. And they could say, hey, we're the police. Something happened. Can we have access to the video from your doorstep? Really? Yes. So wait, so they have what, like a map that, that shows them where these ring well, doorbells are? I think are? there was CNET reporting that showed this, that they're not supposed to have a map, but they did have a map for a very long time of basically closely where these doorbells were. Wow. And ring is not supposed to tell law enforcement that you have a ring or who you are or anything about you until you agree to say, okay, I am going to share this information with you, please. What they're able to do is reach out anonymously. They don't know who they're reaching out to. And then you could respond by saying nothing, and in which case you're supposed to be left alone. So you can share footage share from footage. your ring doorbell with police. Yes. Making matters more complicated is there's been reporting that if police don't really get good turnout, like if they don't, um, if not a lot of people respond, Amazon will, like, will help. Like they've offered to like, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll help tell you the best practices and ways to get people to respond. So it, it seems very complicated. Oh, wow. So Amazon is is actually actively saying, hey, police officers, if if you don't get any answers, we know how to get people to answer. We right. can help According you to out. some reporting, yes, that they've they've been they've been able to say like, hey, we'll show you the best practices. So what does Ring and by that I mean Amazon get in return for uh, this service that it provides police officers with? <laughs> Free advertisement on the government dime. Um Another thing is they offer free devices to police departments, but how it ends up is a bit, it's, it's almost like a sort of advertising. Police are now more disposed to like Ring. They're like, hey, this, this company is helping us solve crimes. They're giving us a bunch of free products, which we can now give away to people in our communities. Ring's close relationship with the police has made a lot of people uncomfortable, and so has Ring's response to the recent hackings. On Tuesday, a number of consumer groups issued a warning for Ring cameras, calling the company out for making devices that they say aren't secure. But all of this bad press hasn't stopped the rise of Ring. After the break, what's behind Ring's popularity? This is Reset. I don't know how many of you guys out there have actually had to hire people for a job, but that moment when you find the right person, that's an amazing moment. The problem is that getting to that point takes a lot of time. You have to go through a bunch of resumes to find the person that has the skills that you need. One way to cut down on the amount of time it takes to do that is through LinkedIn. LinkedIn makes sure your job post is seen by the people you want to hire. People with the skills, qualifications, and other interests that will help your business grow. It's no wonder a person is hired every eight seconds with LinkedIn. And why companies rated LinkedIn jobs the number one hiring platform for delivering quality hires. Find the right person for your business quickly, today, with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay what you want and get the first $50 off. Just visit linkedin.com reset. Again, that's linkedin.com slash reset to get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. If you rent your home, 
whether it's a room, an apartment, or a house, you should get renter's insurance. And one way to do that is with State Farm renter's insurance. Because you need to protect the stuff landlords don't. Like maybe your vinyl records or your furniture that got drenched because of a broken pipe. Or maybe somebody made off with your nice electric guitar. When you add it all up, your stuff's probably worth more than you think. So what do you do? How do you protect it? You do that with State Farm Renters Insurance. Like if somebody breaks in and maybe makes off with your new laptop. Renters Insurance can help with that. Landlords won't cover your loss. For pennies a day, you can make sure your stuff's protected with State Farm Renters Insurance. And with more than 19,000 agents across the U.S., it's easy to find one close by. Because when it comes to renters insurance, State Farm agents are ready to help. Find an agent or get a quote at statefarm.com. That's statefarm.com. The family whose ring camera got hacked, they bought it because a lot of other people around them were also buying ring cameras. They're popular. So I asked Rico data reporter Ronnie Mola, how popular are they? Well, I don't think we have an exact number. We know that it was a bestseller on Prime Day this summer. We also know that in general, smart security devices are some of the fastest growing smart devices. That's really interesting to me because violent crime in the U.S. is at an all-time low. Like, it is super low, historically speaking. This country is extremely safe. It's the safest it's ever been by some standards. So I guess I'm wondering, why why are people so interested in surveillance systems like this? I think you've touched upon, like, the central irony of all of this. Yeah, crime is really low, and yet we're super interested in surveillance technology— One, it's available and cheap. Two, there's a social media component to it. Uh, So Ring has a social media component called Neighbors. It's an app um, that you get either if you have Ring or don't. But the idea is that you can post video from your Ring doorbell and say, hey, this guy stole my Amazon package. That's usually what it is. So you can just willy-nilly post videos accusing people of crimes on, on this app? Yep. You could say this was stolen. This happened. Watch out for this. It's I I have all of these on my phone just to report on it. And it's kind of crazy. You would think like Brooklyn is on fire right now that it's just the crime is so horrible. So how does the Neighbors app and this is an Amazon app, right? How does Neighbors work? So Neighbors lets you post either video or not video. You could just post on it about crime or a, a few other subjects, security issues happening in your neighborhood. You get a feed of what, what's happening nearby. You could sort of select how far, what types of things you're looking for. And, and you could also comment on things that are happening. People are like, oh man, that you got to lock your doors or blah, blah, blah. It's social media. It's um, people talking to other people and communicating, but with the central theme being crime. And I've written a bit about this. I call it fear-based social media because it's like, the social media aspect of it has this effect where it makes people more worried. You know, you you see something happening in my neighborhood. You know, this bad thing is happening so nearby. It's so frequent. These real people are talking about it. You know, it feels very, very real and very important and like very immediate. I tend to think people are afraid. I tend to think people are like wanting to think the worst thing possible. Are there a lot of other apps like this other than Neighbors? Um, Yeah. Citizen, which actually used to be this, like, 
vigilante type app. Like the the first iteration kind of had a commercial where the where they have a some woman being attacked, in, you know, in a, in a dark area, and then you have all these you know heroic men being like, oh, I'm going to get to the crime as fast as possible. Now the idea is that you're supposed to take footage safely, if you can, of whatever crime is happening. And then there's uh, Nextdoor, which is a larger neighborhood social media app, but it has a section in it about crime, and that's kind of always been a hotbed for, like, this sort of stuff. So people seem to be attracted to this because of fear. What do you think is going on there? I think it—yeah, I think fear is such a primal emotion. I guess, like, biologically, this is, like, helped us out a lot. If you see danger, you react to it. You protect yourself and your family. And now people are seeing danger, and it looks like there's a lot of it, and it looks like it's nearby. But, like, statistically, there isn't. But the same set of factors go off in your head. You're like, oh, man, this is scary. So I think this kind of social media really feeds into it. If people are so interested in these camera systems and these kinds of apps— there must be some positive outcome out of this, right? Is there any data that suggests that these neighborhood watch apps and cameras are improving safety and reducing crime? We don't know that it's having any notable effect on crime. There's no evidence that no. suggests that no. that would be the case? No. What we do know is that it makes some people feel better. That could be a positive outcome. Um, you know, a lot of people want this sort of thing. You know, people of all stripes want their communities to be safer. This is a inexpensive way for people to feel like they have some sort of control over things they don't necessarily have control over. Okay. So you ha- on the one side, you have sort of this, this hacking controversy that has happened more than once. And on the other side, you have these issues with law enforcement where uh, Amazon is actively courting law enforcement agencies and trying to get them to sort of promote their product. How should we be thinking about Ring? And where do you think this is all going? I think we have to be really careful with the number of connected devices we're including in our lives in the first place. I think things like Ring have a lot of red flags that come up. The intention is, hey, I want to, you know, make sure I'm safe or I want to be aware of what's going on on my porch, but the larger consequences of that are giving a lot of data potentially to police. Mostly, I would just urge caution. You know, it seems like like a a device like this might be a cure-all or or help something, but like it's like you don't really know what we're getting into. I mean, it's one of the big lessons from the controversy surrounding uh, police forces and and people of color, right? These these. The cameras that we put on police officers, on their body, these body cams, turns out that that footage isn't always all that helpful because it, it often only shows you one thing and it lacks context. It lacks um, the ability to show you everything that was happening at a certain point in time. So with that in mind, a doorbell camera probably isn't all that different. Yeah, there's an extreme lack of context. It's the vantage from your porch. It also makes a lot of things that people previously thought were private, maybe just walking down your street. And it makes everything that's happening on on your doorstep all of a sudden, like, the potential for, like, local news. You're a data reporter. Presumably, you like having extra data points, any kind of new database that pops up, any kind of sure. new thing, right? Like you, No this... qualms whatsoever. <laughs> I don't care where I, you got I'm it. I'm just wondering, it's, it's more information, right? Like, wh- why aren't you happy about this? Data reporting is a lot about the quality of data. You know, just because someone posts about, like, a s- supposed crime isn't, like, so much of a, like, win for me. And that doesn't, that doesn't mean too much to me. You know, that's not the same thing as, like, 
having a government body do it or someone who like is looking at that. I think there's a lot of noise in the data there. On the other side of it, I think Gizmodo just did this interesting piece where using neighbors, they were able to see where all the rings are. There happens to be like a geographical pinpoint in each of the posts, and they were able to make like a map of the entire ring United States. And while that was a cool map and not like, you know, they did the United States, so you're not seeing like where someone lives. Admit it, you're kind of jealous that they made that map and you didn't. Oh my God, it was it was really good. <laughs> I think what it really showed was just like the breadth of how far ring it has spread, how popular it is, sort of a first sight of like, whoa, this is a big deal. It's everywhere. Yeah. So, I mean, yes, while I like want data, I don't think this particular data is especially good. I want data that's going to tell me something, not give me more noise. Ronnie Mola is a data reporter for Recode. Ronnie, thank you for coming in and talking to me about this. Thank you so much, Ariel. We reached out to Ring to ask them about their response to the recent hackings, their relationship with police, and their future plans for the security systems. Ring didn't get back to us before our deadline. I'm Ariel Dimros, and this is Reset. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at ADRS. You can also reach the Reset team by emailing reset at vox.com. We publish episodes three times a week, on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. So if you haven't already, subscribe to the pod on Apple Podcasts or in your favorite podcast app. And if you like what you hear, the best thing you can do to help us out is to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. I really appreciate that. We'll be back on Sunday. Later, nerds.